if you had a chance to a open for an artist in concert, who would it be? And if you got to headline, who would be your opener? You don't have to answer now. He's yeah, giving think, it to you ahead of yeah, time. Think, think about <laughs> it. You've got time yeah. that's coming down the line. Yeah. So you can have that swirling in the back of your brain while we're trying to have a conversation with you. Nah, it's it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sorry, no. It's Friday, April 9th, 2021, and you're listening to Ukirk Atlanta Presents, the Ukirk Atlanta Podcast. This week, Reverend Sarah Hooker and Drew Wilmisher are joined all the way from Memphis, Tennessee by Reverend Nathan Wheeler. Nathan serves on the discipleship ministry team of the Cumberland Presbyterian Church as coordinator of youth and young adult ministry. He is on the Ukirk National Board ex officio as a member of their communication team. Live action Ninja Turtles. It was awesome. That's amazing. My brother went to that. I didn't get to go because only one person got to go in our of the children, and my brother obviously was the biggest fan. But (gasps) wow, you missed out. Wait, Tiffany opened. Tiffany (gasps) opened. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to think, what was that crowd like? like what audience goes to see Tiffany and Tiffany? I was kidding. What, what a horrible moment for Tiffany. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what a horrible moment for the Ninja Turtle. I used to sell out the mall. We used to sell out the mall. Now we're on tour together. No, I, I thought go- Tiffany, she played it. Uh, I was at. Which one's in Florida? Disney World? Is that Disney World? Yes. She played, she was playing at Epcot every 45 minutes. She had a show for a full day. She just came back out, did her hit. Oh my God. Which, you know, I think we're alone. <laughs> the, I think of. Oh, those poor mall pop stars. Like, they, they, oh, she was having the time of her life. She was, she was doing great. Was it the summer in Florida, though? Because I've performed in that Disney World at Epcot also. In it wasn't. Florida it wasn't. It was, um, it was in January. It was very pleasant. Okay. All right. Very pleasant. <laughs> Those are the nice months. Yeah, it was at Faith in 3D, which I don't know if y'all ever heard of that event. But yes. it yeah. was great. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, I was in youth ministry for 10 years. I am familiar with Faith in 3D. Yeah. I wish we could do it again. Did you get to go, Drew? I never got to go. At every church, I like it would. It was always like uh, I would go to work for a church, and they would be like, "Oh, well, we did that last year, and I think we're going to do something new this year." And I'm like, "I'm I do I get to make a decision?" I never no. got to make choices on trips. It was no. always, "Oh, we did this, and we're doing it again." I'm like, <laughs> I always lived too far away. Like Faith in 3D was like a big would have been such a big ticket. Like. Three days. Yeah, how far a, away is Tatooine? I don't know. Three, three days in a three days in a Millennium Falcon. It's <laughs> at at hyperdrive. Do you know what kind of stress that puts on the hyperdrive engine? Man, three especially on that worth? Millennium Falcon. That's like big. All right, guys, we got a fundraise for the hyperdrive. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have our pancake breakfast. Hopefully, it brings in about four hundred billion dollars. Yeah. We got pulled, pork, pulled pork dinner is <laughs> two weeks from now. Oh, God. And look ex- out, the youth will be flamingoing your driveway. So if you want those flamingos gone, it's going to cost you. 
I've never met you, Sarah. It's yes. been nice to just like randomly talk, but hi, it's <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, hi. Sarah, Nathan, Nathan, Sarah. I'm yeah. the worst host ever. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're good, man. So y'all tell me a little bit about your Ukert briefly uh, before we hit play. Yeah, sure. Um, let's see. I've this is my fourth year as Ukirk pastor. Um, almost finishing my fourth year. Uh, so now, so all of my all the seniors who are graduating this year are, are we're freshmen. We began this journey together, and now they're leaving, and I'm still behind, <laughs> lonely and alone. No, um, uh, we. Wow! Wow, Sarah. I, I mean, wow. I keep you on. <laughs> I'll keep you off one more day. Um. Let's see. Um, we we are um, we're an interesting campus ministry in that we are a regional ministry. Um, so uh, we have uh, student sites. We work with students specifically at Agnes Scott College, which is in Decatur, and it's an all women's college. At Emory University. Um, and then last year uh, we started, so fall of 2019, do math, um, we started a new site at Georgia State University downtown. We do things with the three of those main campuses um, on their campuses, but then we are also a regional ministry as well. Sure. Uh, we're trying to figure out what that means and how that looks because obviously it changed when we were in pandemic mode. Um, and have been all virtual. And so um, uh, Drew has worked with me for three years now. Yes. Uh, three Thrice. of the four years. Thrice years. <laughs> um, what else about us? Uh, are you are you connected to a local congregation? Is that how your Ukirk is? Or are you yourself a 501c3 <laughs> We are independent. We have our own board. Mm -hmm. um, we are not our own 501c. We're, okay. we're weird. But we are not officially a ministry of any specific congregation. Um, we, don't have a, we don't have a building um, or offices. So our partnerships with local congregations is always is pretty important. Um, uh, probably our biggest connection is with Decatur Presbyterian Church. Um, uh, primarily because... Uh, they are within walking distance of Agnes Scott College. Um, they have a very long history of doing ministry with the college. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we use their address for our mail. The Scott in Agnes Scott was yeah. one of the founding members of Decatur. Of the Decatur. But we try to develop close relationships with congregations that are nearest to the other campuses. So like Emory Presbyterian church is right next door to Emory university campus. So we've developed relationships with them. And then, um, in at Georgia state central Presbyterian, which is downtown, um, has kind of been our partner in, um, in doing that ministry, um, nice. and starting that ministry. So they let um, us meet in spaces. Mm -hmm. I mean, we barely exist physically. We, we're we're the campus ministry that more haunts mm, um, yes. campuses than mm -hmm. reaches. You know, we don't reach out, but we will spook you. We definitely feel yes. the Holy Spirit component of <laughs> the relational That's ministry right. in regards to congregations. 
And by by that, she means I normally go on campus, set my hat on fire, and then hand out flyers. Here you go. Carrying around one of those, like... Why is my hat Just walk around with one of those movie set fans, you know, creating the tempest, whirlwind, (laughs) Mm -hmm. ushering in a new age. A big big fishing pole puppet bird, (laughs) you know, just flying around. No, um... Yeah, yeah, we we are uh, slowly expanding our empire throughout yeah. uh, Metro Atlanta. We um, are a multimedia empire, uh, and but somehow we're also against empire. So we are both an empire and con empire, alt yeah. empire. What's the not pro anti anti empire or alt empire? <laughs> or alt empire. <laughs> this. This is so. All right, so that's us. Uh, how about you? Yeah. What is your U Kirk affiliation? I see you post on the U Kirk leadership page on yeah. Facebook regularly. As um, regularly well, first, as anyone does. You guys are not alone. There's plenty of U Kirks doing the regional thing. I mean, Nashville's doing it. Memphis is doing it. Yep. I'm sure more and more um, out there in the world are starting to do that. Yeah, it's um, getting more popular for sure. Yeah. Um, as far as me, I work for the Cumberland Presbyterian denomination. I'm their coordinator of youth and young adult ministries. And back when Jason Santos first started at the PMA, he was overseeing UKIRT. And we had a conversation about coming into partnership. There was already some of that happening naturally in locations where there was mm-hmm. more Cumberlands, like at Knoxville, like at MTSU, where Drew was. And that's how I know Drew's because I was on the board for the PSF when he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was already kind of a natural thing that I wanted to see more of our Cumberland students when they arrive on campus to have a place that they could look to um, versus like kind of getting drawn into RUF and the Baptist ministries or whatever it was that it was just like, I don't understand why that's the draw. Um, so let's like try to form a, a, a real partnership. So we're moving towards that. Currently, I'm on the board as the representative for the Cumberlands. And my position will just be ex officio until my position decides that we don't want to have that partnership anymore. But mm-hmm. as long as I'm here, we will. Um so I'm just on the board in that capacity, but I also serve on a ministry team for the UKIRT National Board, and that's communications. And so my role right now is to post on social media. Nice. I will say I'm a little jealous because I feel like you you get paid to post on social media, whereas I've always had to do it for free. <laughs> hmm. And I just want to know if you have any tips on monetizing that or just money getting in general. Well, okay. uh, get yourself a job. <laughs> ah, dang it. Okay, fine. You and everyone else does that. Ah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, that is just one of the things I do. It's, it's certainly not all that I do, but no. that's the main, that's kind of my role right now with the Ukirk board. Um, but That's awesome. I'm sure that'll change over time. Well, thank you for being with us. This week's episode is brought to you today by Pollen. To learn more about Pollen, follow a bee, lightly shake a flower, 
or just breathe in the dusty Georgia springtime air. Pollen, it's what keeps you indoors. So welcome to the Ukirk Atlanta presents the Ukirk Atlanta podcast, where we're all about branding Ukirk Atlanta. And we, I'm Drew Wilmisher. Uh, I'm joined today by Reverend Sarah Hooker. Hello. And Reverend Nathan Wheeler. Hello. I'm excited today to talk with Nathan Wheeler for all our listeners out there. Uh, Nathan Wheeler works with the Ukirk National Board. Uh, and as previously discussed, uh, he posts on social media. He is in charge of communication uh, in other respects as well. But uh, for those of you who are arguing with parents that you spend too much time on Facebook, don't have that argument because that's a dumb argument. I'm going to totally edit that out. Um, uh, well, note, though, of note, the young people are not spending too much time having arguments with their parents about spending too much time about them spending too much time on Facebook. Mm -hmm. They're having arguments with their parents about their parents spending too much oh time my gosh, on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. I put it down, mom. It's time to put it down, mom. Put it <laughs> Please. You're at your three hour cap for the day. Please quit reposting memes from one Oh six, seven, the river. FM. <laughs> Don't post terrestrial radio account memes on Facebook. That's yep. that's a turducken of old people stuff. <laughs> Don't no. click those links, mom. It's spam. <laughs> <laughs> of course your account is full of that. You keep clicking on them. <laughs> Can't Sorry. explain the algorithm to you any longer. Oh, uh, wow. So Nathan, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, how long have you been in ministry? Um, I started my junior year of college. So 2002, I was a candidate. I'm, I'm, uh, work for the Cumberland Presbyterian denomination. And so, uh, as I was growing up, uh, in that circle, uh, as a teenager, uh, I got connected to a church when I was in college and I was their summer youth intern and just stayed on, uh, as their youth minister of my senior year of college. So, that's how I got going. That's how it. That's how it always goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how I got roped in. That's right. Do you want to intern? And then twenty years later, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I'm still in this whirlwind. Uh, yeah. I meant to stop. <laughs> yeah. This was a bit. This was a long summer. <laughs> I I thought this was an internship. Yeah. Now yes. it's a vocation. Oh, uh, yes. How did you get started working with Ukirk? Yeah, so um, back in 2015, I started as the coordinator of youth and young adult ministries for the Cumberland Presbyterian denomination. And as a part of that, um, uh, before I got there, I was serving on the board for the Presbyterian Student Fellowship at in Middle Tennessee State University. And so I already knew, that's right. I already knew that I wanted to kind of broaden our connections with UKIRK as a denomination because we already had some connections at certain campuses in Tennessee. 
Um, Tennessee being kind of our main hub for Cumberland Presbyterians, it's probably the state that has the most of us churches. And so it's just a natural fit sometimes for us to be partnered there. But just wanted to see our students outside of that bubble be able to have a home on a college campus when they first arrive for people to know who they are would be really helpful. Um, so just started to think that through. And at the time, Jason Santos was over UKirk and we had a conversation and we entered into kind of a covenantal partnership in some respects because we had no money to give. So all we could do is say, yes, we want to be a part of UKirk and hopefully in time we'll be able to take steps to actually formalize. And so we are taking those steps. We're still moving towards that. UKirk recently, um, a couple of years ago, uh, kind of reorganized um, versus being like kind of an approval board. Now they're a governing board. And yep. so I'm on that board as ex officio uh, because of my position. But I also currently now my role is I'm not a head in charge of communications. I'm just a piece of the communication team. <laughs> and uh, my role right now is to work with social media just to kind of put, put our stuff out there. It's not like I'm, you know, moving and shaking. I'm just trying to be aware of what's going on at other UKIRKs, highlighting those things through their stories, and then also promoting the things the National Board is trying to do. Mm -hmm. But that's how we got started. Basically, I had a conversation and wanted to help our Cumberland students have a home on college campuses, and UKIRK just seemed the most natural fit. That's been one of the most interesting things to me about the Presbyterian Church in general, like the the title Presbyterian. Uh, everyone seems to have an idea about what that means, whether or not it's simply the denomination that Pam from the office was a part of, or um, little known fact, Pam was a Presbyterian. Uh, or, you know, they they had some experience with a Presbyterian church. But um, I don't think that people understand that it's kind of like the word Baptist, like it's just this huge umbrella and you can get, you know, way out on the edges of that umbrella. And then there's a center. Um, but Cumberland Presbyterian and PCUSA, I feel like have one of the better working relationships between the various Presbyterians. Um, how has that relationship been for you in terms of, uh, you know, denominationally or just functionally when you meet students and you, you tell, start telling them about UKIRK um, and they're like, oh, well, I come from this church or I come from that church. Is there uh, any overlap that you have to explain or do people just kind of go with it? <laughs> well, nine times out of 10, if you tell someone you're coming to Presbyterian, they're thinking that you are that's the name of your PCUSA congregation. Right. So there, there is a natural barrier because us Cumberland Presbyterians don't even say Cumberland Presbyterian. We say CP. Right. So yeah. if you're, if you're one of us, you're saying CP. And so that's our marker. If you've said Cumberland, we're probably like, okay, you don't know what we're talking about here. Let's go ahead and march you down this road I see and you hand hold you down this way. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think generally there is, uh, not a huge recognition of PCUSA in local settings of understanding Cumberland Presbyterianism and what that is, unless there is a prominent CP presence uh, within their ministry or within their neighborhood or something like that, which yeah. at times there is. Um, but I would say in general, yeah, there is some sort of bridge that has to be built to kind of that understanding 
the thing that I've always appreciated about our connection or our partnership is that Cumberland's run the gambit of uh, theological spectrum. Uh, we are a whosoever will kind of church. So what's strange about us is we're Presbyterian in our government and polity, but really we're Armenian or more free will when it comes to our theology and how we see things. And uh-huh. so we get the Presbyterian side of it, but at times we kind of come up to our evangelical side and that's where we might have differences and nuances. But all the people I've encountered in the Peace USA, particularly people that I work with, um, have been so gracious uh, because we're we're small, but we're mighty. We're proud, uh, and they they kindly let us into their circles and allow us to be a part of what we're doing. But ultimately, uh, our longest one of our longest partnerships has been the Presbyterian New Triennium. We yep. helped to start that back in the eighties. Uh, and now it's mostly known as a PCUSA event, and rightfully so. You'll have thousands of people that come to it. We have our small but mighty circle that show up, and we're loud and proud. But, you know, there's not a ton of us, but yet we have equal representation on planning of it. And and uh, Gina has always been super gracious to us, Gina Yeager-Buckley. I love mm-hmm. her and her work and how she sees her work with students. And uh, but ultimately, I would say, yeah, there's some some bridge building that has to be done. But overall, I've I've not found as much barrier between what we believe and what you all believe. It's not a road that we can't be a part of. And we do have some differences as far as our denominational thought on theological things. But overall, I think we're much more aligned. And uh, I find in young people's ministry specifically, it's just a natural connection that we enjoy and thrive together. Mm-hmm. That that was the training was the first place that I encountered Cumberland Presbyterian denomination because um, I grew up in the in the Midwest and the West Coast. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're just like, not as prominent out that way. <laughs> I don't know who these people are, um, but I, I find it so like this is something that even PCUSA folks don't fully understand unless you've moved around a lot and have encountered other Presbyterian denominations um, that there still exists these like tiny, very regionally specific Presbyterian denominations that just they're just here in this section and they're good to go. And they're like, yep, we're doing our thing. We'll partner with you if we feel the spirit is moving there, but like, you know, tag team in on some stuff, but like that they're just there in little pockets of the country. Um, and we, and we just don't know they exist. Yeah. <laughs> Which part of me feels so, so bad about sometimes it's really cool. I've really appreciated, um, the way that we've partnered with Cumberland in, sorry, CP. Ooh, I know the lingo now. I'm an insider. Um, that we've partnered with CP, (laughs) um, uh, particularly in youth and young adult initiatives now. And, um, that that's continuing in the Kirk realm. Um, I think that's a natural kind of progression of, you know, we, we see each other and we value each other when these kids are at Trianium and when they're in their high school stage. And, you know, we'll continue that on into collaboration um, as college students. To learn more about UKirk Atlanta and how you can get involved, 
You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at UKirkATL or on Facebook at UKirkAtlanta or visit our website at www.UKirkAtlanta.com. the things that I I find most interesting uh, and that I'm really curious to get your perspective on uh, with like regional expressions of Presbyterianism you know the that word Presbyterian basically meaning like ruled by elders you know it's a very democratized kind of governance you know within the church the decisions are made by elders not just one person um, you know, that it's the, it's the people leading, but then you do get off into, uh, you know, regional expressions of that. And, uh, I'm just, I'm curious to know how you feel about like when, you know, those regions begin to push up against each other, used patterns that happen, uh, which results in, you know, fluctuations. Uh, when CP and PCUSA students are together, because they are so, you know, there's a lot of plasticity there. Like they're very flexible. Um, like how, how does that different? How is that different than when, you know, you see just a group of PCUSA people together or just a group of CP people together? Um, you know, like, is it, does it feel like Australia? Like, oh, there's a platypus over there. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> or is it just like, yeah, oh, I, it's like a dog, I, but a little different? I, well, a couple of things. First off, for Cumberlands, uh, we obviously, our strongest regional context is the Southeast United States, but we're in 18 countries. So even oh, wow. within our, okay. even within ourselves, there is some nuances uh, when you get together a um, young person from Knoxville, Tennessee, and a young person from Medellin, South uh, America, and Colombia. Uh, how they how they see Cumberland Presbyterianism and what is the barometer for that is very unique and different. Um, we run the gambit as far as what it looks like to be Cumberland, as far as, for instance, worship. And the style of worship, we have high church, and then we have very charismatic churches, depending on where you are regionally. Um, theologically speaking, the things that um, we hold on to in maybe uh, a normal, or not normal, but in a uh, run-of-the-mill Cumberland Presbyterian Church, uh, a normative one versus maybe a new expression of a Cumberland Presbyterian Church that was started in in uh, France or something like that. So for us, I, I think there is a lot of uniqueness and difference, and I'm sure that that's the case in PCUSA circles as well. And I think that's one of the things, like when we say a denomination, we have in our mind the one that we know or the one that we have considered, but we're, we are nuanced all over our denominations. It's just, just because your denomination has said that you believe in these things doesn't mean the local church follows suit and just goes, Oh, you think that way? We think that way. That's right. not how that works. I, the I government or the way it runs might look similar, but as far as like 
the belief systems, uh, I think that those are much more contextual and regional than they are overarching um, and how that functions or works. So to get back to your question a little bit about young people, I think the biggest difference that I see is that nine times out of 10 Cumberland Presbyterians or CPs for the insider language for all of you. uh, So now, you know, for us CPs is that we know each other. Most of the time we know each other. When we show up in a space, we go, Hey, I know you from this event or from uh, your parents know each other because they went to college together because we got one of those. Uh, (laughs) There are many choices. (laughs) We got one seminary. So like, you know, if people are choosing those Cumberland uh, patterns or for their journey, for their faith journey, like they probably have gone to school. They probably have intersected. They probably know each other. Um, and even when we're talking about outside of the United States, it's not like there's millions of us outside of it. So we know each other. When we show up into Mexico City, we know somebody. They're our brother and sister. We've seen them. We've met them at, a, at our General Assembly because we meet every summer, our General Assembly. So we have these natural rhythms, well, except for 2020, but we didn't meet, do anything ever. Um, But, uh, you know, the natural rhythms of that. So I would say one of the the differences is when you get PCUSA students together, uh, even regionally, and you get CPs together, CPs already know each other. They have a built-in rapport. Yeah, They have a built-in connection versus PCUSA at times, I would say that they have a little more work to do. To do that, and they're always like when we have triennial meetings and CPs get together with PCOSA students, and like they're like, "Oh, you already know them? You already like? Why do they? Why does everybody know each other? Are y'all all one family? You're just brothers and sisters?" Uh, How many anyway. last names are in this congregation? Yeah, yeah there's, there's about four four uh, main names in the Cumberland Presbyterians, and you probably connected in some way. When it comes to that, it's like, what do they talk about? The six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. There's like two in CP world. Probably about two. <laughs> Can I come back? But yeah, to me, that's probably one of the main differences. And it's advantages and disadvantages, of course, pros and cons to that. But that would be kind of like the one main thing that's glaring is most time we have a built-in relationship already. Like we actually know each other. We've come together. Right. And you all, I, I feel like it's just, it's harder. Not that you don't have those connections and stuff like that. You have those pockets. But as far as overall local context and people within the pews, you might not know all those folks. Whether, right. rather, we do. We probably do. That is a somewhat disadvantage of being such a large geographically denomination, right? Like, Drew's unique. I mean, you lived all over the place, but you lived all over the place in a region. Right. Up, up and down the East Coast. Up and down the East Coast. Like, uh, I, I, as a pastor's kid, you know, you move around, you change calls a lot. But we went California, Colorado, Minnesota, Nebraska, Minnesota. And then, and then I moved on furthering East Coast <laughs> journeys <laughs> of pastoral ministry. York, and so, Atlanta. like... You get to know all these different pockets, possibly, but you're never there for super long um, to really get to know. Um, and being a pastor's kid, too, and then being in ministry, like, I run into people all the time, like, 
at denominational events, general assembly, wherever, where it's just like, oh, I know your, I know your parents from here. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. Yeah. <laughs> or they're like, oh, I remember when you were this high. And I'm like, I, I don't remember that either. Uh, Drew and I have had this conversation though, before of uh, remembering churches more than people like physical mm. buildings that you've had to spend time in, um, in while your parents were in long meetings that you as a pastor's kid got to explore. Yeah. You <laughs> got to open all the doors. You open all the doors, you know, where the furnace is, you know, where the doors to the attic and the bell towers are. Every like, bell tower has a stairwell. <laughs> And that's just not. It's like it's like you all were preparing just in case a game of hide and seek or sardines busted out. You had already, you know, hey, they might come out of this meeting and go, hey guys, let's do some hide and seek. And you're like, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> this Presbyterian <laughs> Presbyterian meeting is adjourned. Now we're moving into the sardines component of the, <laughs> of the meeting. <laughs> Sardine's agenda. We this will, will be led by all the meet. pastor's kids. We'll, we <laughs> we'll might need to bring that up. That might be a thing. Canes and walkers can have a head start, five-minute head start. Longer counts for sure. Longer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I mean, that's... it's true, though. It's true, though. Like, my my mom started at a church once when I was in high school. And it was a quick move. And so, like... I, the kids didn't come along on the interviews and stuff. So when we moved there and then we're like visiting the church, my brother and I, who are 18 months apart, we were like, we know this. How do we know this church? And I'm like, mom, like, have we been here before? And she's like, no, I don't know. Why would we have been here? And my brother and I were like, because that door goes to this place. And that door goes to this place. And we know that here, like, there's this up in this spot of the church right here. And she's like, what? How do you know these things? And then, like, through discernment a little, we were like, oh, we were here for a meeting. (laughs) (laughs) This is why you, as the adult, don't know where all these things are, because you were just in the sanctuary the whole time. (laughs) While While the two of us were literally roaming the entire campus. Yeah, that's right. Finding all the things. We're like, oh yeah, we were here for a meeting when we were like in first grade. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hysterical. Yeah, we've been here. We know we we don't need the tour. We know where everything is. We know our way around. We'll yeah. come find us in the kitchen. <laughs> we know right. I was gonna say be line for the popsicles. We're, we know where good. the cookie cabinet is. <laughs> <laughs> I regret the only regret I have, this is my one regret. Um Actually, I have many, but this is the one that comes to mind immediately. When the one we, that you're willing to share on this the podcast, one I'm willing right to now. share on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> when we we moved, like the last time, uh, the big move for my mom's church, um, we were introduced at like a big meeting, and then you know, big congregational meeting to you know vote on accepting her, and then uh, a few months later, we actually moved to the city and started a new life um just like witness protection program and so during the congregational meeting we were introduced as you know this is ken this is uh you know sandy's husband ken this is her uh son drew and then when we made the official move i started going by bob because eighth graders make good decisions about self-identity and 
everyone for six months thought I was twins because they thought I met Drew at the congregational meeting and now I've met Bob, but I never see them to like, where is the other one? And I, I remember thinking like years later, Oh, I should have done that at every church. I should have always been introduced one way and then changed my name the other way just to mess with people. Um, So for any pastor's kids listening, I don't know why you would be, but if you're in the car with your parents. Oh, I thought that was your demographic. Pastor's kids. (laughs) kids. We call it you, Kirk Atlanta. It's really a pastor's kids coping mechanism podcast. Yeah, pastor's kids. Mental health in 2021 for pastor's kids. (laughs) We're not doing so great. (laughs) We have a lot of issues that we don't even know about. Um, so, oh gosh. So that's that is a fun denominational snapshot. The weather is warming up and you're getting ready for final exams and papers. You know what that means. It's time to trade in that hot coffee for an ice cold horchata. Horchata. Fun to say, more fun to drink. happening in memphis what's what's new in your world what's going how how have y'all been uh, doing ministry in this past year but also like how do y'all what do you find you know is the the kindling for students in your context that really gets them fired up to use a youth ministry parlance yeah it's weird because i'm uh I'll, so i'm involved in a local congregation in memphis but i oversee denominational ministry happenings. So all of that basically came to a stop last March. We have not had anything um, except for a few online things uh, over this time denominationally. So the local church has um, been trying to meet with students once a month and uh, doing online stuff in the in-between and times and Um, most of the youth pastors that I know that online element, it never really worked. I don't know if it has anything to do with some of the, a a lot of our churches are in rural settings. And so they just experienced the pandemic way differently than those of us who are in larger cities. So for us, you know, our church, we have not met in person since March. But most of the churches that I work with, they started meeting again, probably in the spring, maybe had a little break over the holidays at the end of 2020. And Mm -hmm. now they're back in person. So they haven't had those uh, stops where they've had to really kind of change a lot of the stuff that they do, except in discipling programs. Worship, they're gathering, but they're not meeting for Sunday schools. They're not meeting for Wednesday night programs. They're not doing that stuff. So it's been difficult um, because 
I think churches are now waking up to the fact that like, oh, young people don't come to this thing that we do on Sunday morning at all. We just naturally thought that they were here because we didn't pay attention to them in the first place. So <laughs> we just assumed that they're here. But now we're yeah. like, oh, they're not here. They're not there. And they're not there because you're not naturally meeting and doing that stuff. So I think it's been very difficult to know what to do, what to offer, uh, particularly for um, a majority of our rural churches, because, you know, there might be access issues as far as Internet um, mm-hmm. and having the technology capabilities that uh, some of us do. But also, if you've been in school all day, um, and most of them are back in school, or they're doing the virtual option. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to hop on another Zoom, that's for sure. So I think it's been very, very hard. And the natural rhythms that they're used to providing momentum in their ministries, which I'm sure is the same for collegiate ministries. There's yeah. these natural rhythms that happen like, hey, I know there will be a drop-off during this time, but we're going to do this thing, or this thing's going to happen, and it'll bring people back into the fold and then we'll have, you know, some time again to build up the rapport and the relationships and all of that just got disrupted. And I think they're finding their way, uh, rudderless, I guess is the best way to think about it. You know, they, they, they're fighting a battle. They don't even know what it is. And so it's just very difficult to know what, what you need for that. Mm -hmm. What is it that you need to do? So I've seen them try uh, so, so hard to to make things happen and to find safe ways to to meet and to be together. But it's been very, very difficult. Hmm. Yeah, it, this it'll be interesting to see how ministries of all types, but congregations especially, but also college ministries too, like what needs to change as we are moving forward back into some sort of at least the ability to interact in person again. Do we go back to the same way it was before? Do we make adaptations? Do we scrap things altogether? Do we, you know, how, what, what's, what's the, what's the next thing going to look like as we try and uh, revise this (laughs) new reality that we're, (laughs) that we're slowly like plotting into like that's the weird time of like this spring we've hit that year mark now of the utter chaos and isolation right and now the we're times like are no longer unprecedented <laughs> right. now they're precedented <laughs> um we're not there yet but we can sort of see it we're in that weird spot where we're just like okay we know it's actually coming now <laughs> But we don't know when that's going to happen or how we're going to move there or what the baby steps possibly like. Are we going to take baby steps or are we just going to jump whole hog in the deep end? This weirdness of of how how do we move into what's next and what do we have to, to do? And also like the challenge of true reflection on what this last year has meant. I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for some for some of us in our ministries is are we going to dive deep and reflect like on what real what this what this last year has revealed <laughs> like you said like oh wait people of certain demographics didn't actually come to these things they didn't actually care about them or we didn't make them care about them <laughs> yeah about these parts of our ministry um are we going to say that out loud and address it or are we just going to 
push it under the rug and just be like, I we don't have the energy to talk about that. Yeah, there's this collective sense or longing for things to return. Yes. To whatever was comfortable mm-hmm. for whoever it is, you know, like for me, instance, like my comfortable rhythm was traveling and getting out and meeting people and hosting events and stuff. And I'm just not sure that even if I do get to go back to that, I'm going to show up kind of like people are showing up into buildings for churches right now and realize, oh, it's not the same. Right. This isn't this isn't how I remember it. Like, and I, I'm I, I think that I had a lamenting process when this first happened and everything had to get canceled and stopped. I think I'm going to have to return to a lamenting phase to see that it it's not going to return. Yeah. You know, this wasn't just a stop gap or just like a, a gap year and uh, <laughs> to go back to, to whatever, uh, you know, uh, yeah. I think, I think that we have shifted and we already knew we were shifting before the pandemic. We, sure. we saw all the demographics. We saw the, uh, the makings of, this ministry agent stage, this um, ministry with young people was shifting anyway. This The pandemic has just pushed it forward. You know, yeah. what could have been 20 years from now is now going to be now. Yeah. And I think that that's a, that's a hard a hard thing to scramble and learn because we're all processing this in real time. Like most of the time in history, we get to read about it and go, oh, I see how they went about figuring this out and moving towards we're all just like within the history of it and trying to make sense of it. There's nobody out ahead going, hey, this is how you navigate this. Yes. When you get here, let me tell, yeah. you, let me tell you what I did. Here's what we found helps. No. To hear and buy music from Nathan Wheeler, you can find him at nathanwheelermemphis.bandcamp.com or find Nathan Wheeler on all streaming platforms. Check the show notes for Nathan Wheeler's links. to the point where we get to ask our you we get to revisit our question now nathan you have <laughs> recently released some music available uh on Bandcamp. i'm i'm aware of uh is it on is it distributed as well as it's can we find you on spotify no uh next week actually i'll hey. be on all your favorite streaming all the conglomerate ones that give artists nothing yes you'll be able to find me on that that's or you can find me on Bandcamp, where that's an actual reputable place that you can put your music. You can purchase, and the money mm-hmm. goes right to Nathan. And it's crazy. As, as and not pre- to Taylor Swift. And it's not- weird how it funnels through other fingers before it gets to you it's on true. other sides. It all goes to a big pot, and Taylor Swift has unreasonably <laughs> large hands. And she just reaches in there and goes, Taylor just- Swift, hungry. <laughs> Yeah, that's weird and how that works. If she's listening, I'm sorry. You're delightful. And you're No, we love you. Uh, we love you. If Taylor Swift is listening, uh, uh, we can just be done with this podcast if, right here, okay. right now. <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. If someone can get this in Taylor Swift's ears, mm-hmm. I will make sure to edit this to a very 
palatable size for a podcast. (laughs) I mean, she doesn't even have to listen to the whole thing. Let's just like, let's just mark the times of, and we can just mark this time to be like Taylor Swift, Swift, listen here. So she doesn't even like, if she wants to like her own initiative, but you know, let's put this couple minute segment just right Mm -hmm. here. Taylor Swift's ears. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Folklore and the Evermore, I think are they are on track to be my top listens on Spotify this year. I've also watched the documentary a ton. I'm a huge nerd. Anyway, this note, this question, you have music available. Nathan Wheeler on Bandcamp. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, <laughs> if you, when venues open up, when live mm-hmm. music is a thing again, if you had your dream, you know, set up your venue, you know, let's say you're early on in your music career. Let's say you're opening, you know, you're the you're getting the stage warmed up for an opening act. Who do you want to open for? I think I'd want to open for uh, a dual concert that is Phoebe Bridgers and bright eyes because they like each other and i think they would tour together and i would love to open for them wouldn't that be a good show i mean i'd be terrible but they'd be great you would be delightful i'd be the perfect opener they'd be like oh god this is terrible and then they'd be all ready for the good stuff (laughs) or or the crowd has dwindled to 10 people they're like oh Mm -hmm. forget this i'm not no I'm just kidding. That's right. Well, (laughs) and it's weird that I would say that because I I love all types of music. And honestly, aggressive music is my favorite. Like, I really like hardcore, metal, punk, that kind of stuff. But I can't write that. That's not (laughs) what comes out of me. So, like, it would be, I would love to tour with some of those bands, but good grief. I don't want to, I don't want people to leave the venue. You know, go get a drink maybe, but they would leave. If I open, you don't or wanna... I would be, or I would be, you know, tossed out. So I don't want to do that. That's so I'll just say, yeah, like I, you know, I would, I would love uh, to play with like me without you, for instance. Okay, I just don't think that yes. we would fit. You know, I, I thank you, thank you for specifying. I was going to guess something like Guar. Which which they I would realized. open for me. They would open for me. <laughs> that's so. That's your opener. Yeah, that Guar is my opener. <laughs> yes. All right. Now, are you also in costume, or is that are you, is your live? No, I just come out as me. You just no, I just it. come out as me. Yeah, just me. Fantastic, Drew. Who would you? Who? What would be your? What, what's your answer to this question? I'd like to know. Uh, I would love to open. Um, I would. Uh, well. Okay, so I want to open for uh, Incubus for one reason. I want to see. Wow! Who, I want to see who's still listening to Incubus. My mm. husband. My husband. I want, I want to see. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> no, but uh, in all seriousness, like if they ever got back together, I would. I would love. I would die if Postal Service got back together. Then they were like, Wilmisher, you're our opener. And that's who I would go see because that's I'm I'm that age. But in terms of opening for me, I would and this would absolutely never happen. But the national sure. I would love I would love for them to come out and to be my opener. And then we would call it the 
the international tour. And it would only tour regionally. So I'm not a musician in the sense that I write music or or play an instrument. I play the instrument in my voice. Mm. Um, But what were those? Shoot, I can't remember what it was called. Remember those holiday tours? What were they called? Which one? That the radio stations would put on? Like a winter jam? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like it was like so this is my imagining cuz they were always the craziest combos of <laughs> Oh yeah, it was like who will. It was the most willing artist. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, this is this is my the only time I have ever seen Beyonce in concert was maybe at a holiday is it called holiday jam? Hall something like that. Like snow jam or something like that. Yeah, um but I saw I saw her before Fest. Yes, uh, Destiny's Child <laughs> performed, nice. and this was this was just when they were starting to break out into solo albums. So they performed Destiny's Child songs, but then also some of their initial solo work as well in this weird, you know, the Target Center in Minneapolis, the like Tuesday afternoon show for, <laughs> for <laughs> this weird tour with other super strange artists of varying uh anyway so so i feel like my lineup would be more like a holiday jam because because these people don't match i just feel like these would be super fun folks to uh to be on a tour with uh so i like the headliner would be punch brothers because i love them i've seen them in concert like five times (laughs) I like them because they always play music with the people that they have been on tour with. Like they always come out. So there would, you wouldn't just listen to them. You'd be able to perform with them as well. Um, but then <laughs> these are so weird. Um, uh, Tenacious D. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you just have so much fun. Oh, for sure. And with your vocalization, you could do a lot of the scat guitar work, you know, do. <laughs> it would just be super fun not my style of music but like i like just hanging with jack black would be amazing um uh also uh um harmar superstar do you know who harmar superstar is he's a weirdo local he's a weirdo local musician uh, uh minneapolis musician um I saw him in concert opening for multiple people when I was in college because uh, he was, uh, but he has, uh, he's just a weird dude who's really musically talented, but he just looks like a, like a troll. Like mm. I'm looking this up right now, but his music is oddly really great. So yeah, but he's a weird dude. I, I just feel like I would be on a weird tour. Let's just call it the weird tour. <laughs> Sarah Hooker and the weird tour. All right, I'm making, why, his, yeah, he does look like an interesting fella. Nathan, thank you so much for this. This was, it was, first of all, really nice to see your face. Thank you. It's nice to see your face. Sarah, it was okay to see you too, Uh, but really, just just Drew's face. It was a pleasure to meet your face for the first time. It was a pleasure to meet your face for the first time. No, for real. Thanks for inviting me to be on. I'm glad we solved all the issues. Thank you for joining us for another edition of U Kirk Atlanta Presents, the U Kirk Atlanta Podcast. 
For more information on how you can support Ukirk Atlanta, check the donation button at the bottom of the page at www.ukirkatlanta.com. don't reach out, but we will spook you.